welcome to the Let's Get Uncomfy podcast. I'm your host, Annie, Air Force officer turned serial entrepreneur, author, CEO, fitness expert, and personal growth junkie. Honestly, though, guys, I'm just like you. I choose every single day to get uncomfy in pursuit of what others consider unlikely. And that's exactly how I built a life I am freaking obsessed with. And I want you to know that you're capable of the same. Here in this fam, yes, you're officially a part of the fam. We choose every day to quit our excuses, ditch the negativity, and embrace our best lives. Literally nothing is off the table when it comes to the conversations we're going to have together. We'll chat fitness, mental health, relationships, personal growth, business, and I'm certain we're going to laugh together. But please don't hold it against me if we cry together too. I know you'll leave this episode with the confidence and excitement to grow from your mistakes, pursue your passions, and ultimately own your life. Now let's get on with it. It's time to get uncomfy. Everybody, I'm so excited for today. It's Thursday. It's not Thursday as we're recording this, but it's Thursday because you're listening to this. And <laughs> today I have an amazing guest with me, Rachel Luna. If you guys don't know her, here is just a list of some of the amazing qualities and amazing things she's done. She's done so much more than just this. She is a master life coach, a best selling author. She's listed as Forbes top 11 inspiring women on Instagram. She's an international speaker. She's former U.S. Marine Corps Iraqi war vet. She is a mama. She is a wife. She is a breast cancer survivor, a woman of faith, and honestly, just somebody who shows up fearlessly as herself no matter what, which is really one of the biggest reasons I vibe with her, and I know that y'all will vibe with her too. So Rachel, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you. What an intro. Very, very, very grateful to be here. And thank you. Honored. Yeah. I just, I love your story. And guys, right before we hit record, I was just like, honestly telling Rachel, I found her probably about a year ago from another podcast that I was listening to. And her story just really hit home with me. And so today we're just, we're going to dive in because Rachel has a lot of things that she has gone through in life. And this is actually where I wanted to start off with because if you go to Rachel's website, so I've kind of, I've known you, Rachel, I've followed you. I've been like immersed in your content on your Instagram, which real quick, what's your handle for people who might just start listening so they can go creep on you while they're listening? Yes. Creep up on me. I love it. I'm at girl confident. Make sure it's a T at the end, girl confident, all one word. Follow me. Let's have some fun. Slide in my DMs. I love chatting with new friends. Yes. Love it. Go creep on her right now if you're not driving. (laughs) So, and the reason I start off with that is because I read something and I kind of want you to just dive into it. And what I read is my life shouldn't be as amazing as it is today, at least not according to statistics. So can you dive into that? And people listening might not know what you've been through. And I know that's a loaded question, Mm -hmm. a lot to talk about, but can you dive into that? I mean, even just as I hear you say that, I think to myself, wow, I am a statistic defier. (laughs) Really, the cliff notes is both of my parents had AIDS. They passed away when I was very young. I was three and a half when my biological mother died. I had eating disorders. I dealt with abuse. I was date raped, like not even by my date, right? Like by just somebody else. I struggled with alcoholism. 
Ah, I, I mean, just, I was a hoe. I was a big time hoe, right? Like, let's just call a spade a spade. I was very promiscuous. Those are, you know, the, it's the byproduct of someone who's endured trauma. You, right. You're going to go a couple different ways. And that's usually one of the ways you're looking for love. You're looking for all these gaps and holes and voids in your life to be filled. And so if you look at my genealogy, if you will, my background, my parents came from extreme poverty. I got blessed because when my biological mom died, my godmother raised me and my godmother was, you know, middle class, maybe like a step above middle class. But so I had more opportunity in that regard, but opportunity doesn't replace or heal trauma. And I think that this is something that's really important. Sometimes we'll look at someone who's rich and we'll say like, oh, they have it all together. Or we'll look at a wealthy child, teen, whatever. And we think, oh, you're so entitled and you're this and you're that because they have money. You you shouldn't have it hard. But listen, if that person suffered trauma, no amount of money, you know, repairs the trauma. The only thing that heals trauma is healing work. It's, it's reparenting and reprogramming and therapy and EFT and prayer and journaling and doing the deep work. So it wasn't until I started doing that deep work that I really was able to. Now, the one common thread, if I could look at one thread throughout my whole life that kept me going after one bad thing after another was my faith. I have always known since I can remember that I was supposed to do big things, that I was a very powerful force, that I was meant to serve. I was meant to help a lot of people. And as I got older, I realized that it wasn't just help people. I'm like, oh, let me help you with groceries, which I do. It's great to do. But I was really sent here to help heal people. Well, there's one of two ways you're going to learn how to heal people. Is one of you study healing. And two, if you are hurt yourself and you know what it takes to go through the pain and go through the process. So I've had the unique experience of being on both ends of having a lot of trauma and a lot of medical issues to learn how to heal. And then, you know, personal. So here we are healing one day Uh, at a time. I love that. And, and I think so many people listening right now can relate to that. I mean, and the things that you just listed, like, it's so crazy. You list all that. And I've known that about you and I've heard you speak on it. And every time it's like, it's so crazy because you take somebody who's dealing with one or two, maybe a handful of those things. And that situation or that trauma almost like paralyzes so many of us out there. And so I kind of want to dig into like, how, like, how, how did you do that? How did you take that first step? Because I think way too often people go through hard things and think, that's it. That's, I guess this is what my life is. I guess that's where I'm at. I guess this is what I'm destined for. Right. And, and I'm a firm believer that, that we're all meant for so much more. Right. So how'd you step into that mindset? So it's interesting. I'm working on my second book called Mm -hmm. permission to offend. And it's getting what you want without losing what you have. And one of the permission slips that I talk about is permission to choose. Mm -hmm. And that is really permission to, well, permission to leave is the first permission slip, right? Leave your story behind, leave your, leave that 
hurt, that wound behind. Leave that part of your life behind. Then yeah. the second permission slip is permission to choose a new story. Like giving yourself that, okay, I don't have to, okay, let's just take my story, for example, right? My biological mother died when I was three and a half years old. I told myself a story that I carried with me for years that my dad didn't love me. He abandoned me. I was an abandoned child. Everyone I love leaves me. Just like all kinds of stories. Right. Well, as I began the healing process, I had to choose new stories because there was no way I could grow up feeling like a loved and lovable person with the story that I'm unlovable, with the story that I was abandoned, right? You know, because if you're abandoned, that means you're rejected. You're not chosen. So you have to be willing to look at a situation and say, okay, I'm going to choose something different. I'm going to leave the story behind. I'm going to give myself permission to be a different person, right? So that's another permission slip, permission to be. In order to do that, you have to be rooted in your identity, and this is the biggest gap that I see. People are missing out. They are so disconnected from their identity. That's why when you ask someone, well, what do you want? They can't tell you because they don't know who they are. So in order to answer the question of what do you want right now, you first have to assess who am I being? Who am I now? Who am I being? Who do I need to be to have the things that I desire? Am I willing to be that person? Now for the record, as I was going through all these you know, moments in life, I did not have this awareness. So yeah. as we're looking at 19-year-old alcoholic Rachel, who is at Penn State University, barely making it out, I didn't have this enlightenment of, I'm going to be. No, it was a moment where I had a bender of a night. I woke up in the middle of the night in my own vomit, and I looked around. I was like, oh. This is gross. And with my own bare hands, I began scooping up the vomit and throwing it in. And when I woke, I fell asleep there on the floor again. Yeah. And when I woke up, I looked and I had this like flashback moment of seeing myself scoop up my own vomit. And I had to be somewhere that day. So I get up and I'm shaking uncontrollably and I see a bottle of Parrot Bay coconut rum. And I said, I'm just going to take a shot. Maybe that'll help me. So I take a shot and the shakes went away. And that's where I knew like, oh, I don't think this is normal. Yeah. I think it's a problem. So it was right in that moment, I remember thinking, God, I don't think this is what you want for me. Because one thing I've always had the ability to do, I've always been able to see what the future might look like. And this yeah. is where... I would encourage you to wherever you're at right now, you know, good, bad, and different. And I, I've said this before, my life is amazing. And yet there are still things that I aspire to have, not because I'm not content with where I am, but because I know the possibility of what's out there. So where no matter where you are, just take a minute and give yourself the gift, the permission to see what would it look like? What would your life look like three, five, 10, 15 years from now if nothing changes? I love that question. And if nothing changes and we're 15 years later, would you be happy? Would you be content? Would you be fulfilled? Now, I can honestly tell you 
if nothing changed, I would feel like 90% good. There'd be that 10% of like, oh, but we could have done all these other things. But I'm at a point where I'd like more money, right? Everybody would like more money. Always, right? I'd like Kim Kardashian money. (laughs) But at that point, right, a drunk 19-year-old, I was able to look into my future and I thought, being a hoe, getting drunk, I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm not going to have the life that I was designed to have. Now, I couldn't very clearly see what life I was supposed to have, but I knew it wasn't that. Yeah, right. Okay. Now, here's another exercise. Just take a minute. 15 years from now, what could it look like? Mm-hmm. Just any, like, even if it's 2% better, what would 2% better look like? And how would that change? You know, mm-hmm. or even 10%, you know, pick a percentage and right. go there, but give yourself that gift to see. So that's the first step is yeah. being able to do that work. And it's almost like an out-of-body experience. And I can say this because I feel like we're really similar in that of like having some really low lows. And the crazy thing is sometimes it does take low lows for you to have that moment where you step back and say, what the fuck am I doing? You know, because guys, like if you're listening to this right now and you're like, okay, Annie, Rachel, this is a rock at my face. Y'all are speaking to me. You know, maybe you are in a really hard time right now, you know, and maybe somebody listening to this is kind of like, meh, I mean, life's fine. Like, and if everything was just fine, like, would you ever arrive to that moment where you step back and think, this is not what I made for, you know? Yeah. But here you're saying something really interesting too, of like, if everything is just fine, are you content with fine? Right. You know, and if you are awesome, you know, maybe go listen to a different episode on the show. (laughs) But if you're not, if you're looking for that next level edge, then this is what's required. Because one thing I'll tell you about, like the people that I work with, Mm -hmm. they're not struggling. Yeah. They are not in struggle. I used to work with people who associated and identified as the struggle was real. And what I determined from working with people whose mindset is the struggle is real, I'm in struggle, is that they choose struggle in everything. So no matter what I teach them, they're looking for the struggle. I had to make the shift of like, you know what? No, I don't work with people who are struggling. Yeah. I work with people who are ready for the next level. And does that mean that there's no struggle? Of course, there's always a challenge, but we're not looking for it. And we understand that the struggle is optional. Mm, Yeah, I did an episode actually that says, you know, let's stop embracing. It was embracing the suck. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, why? Like, why are we okay with fine? Why are we okay with like, meh, you know, and I think people listening to this, exactly what you just said, are people that are kind of at that place of like, I mean, I could do this forever, this fine thing, but I don't want to. And they're struggling to take that first step because I mean, it's scary, right? It's uncomfy. You know, that's why we're here right now. What would you say an active step? And I love all the exercises you just gave of like deciding, I mean, it's a choice. It's an active choice, you know, what, I mean, if you have something, what is something that somebody can like actively do to get out of their head almost and into action, into momentum toward that and out of fine 
and more toward, you know, yeah, that. great, right? I don't know. If Journaling. I get what you're saying. Journaling, yeah. hands down. Hands down, 100%. I will tell you nothing else first. Journaling. And the reason that I say that is because if you actually take the time to journal your thoughts, the irrational fears, the limiting beliefs, once you see them on paper, you are going to be able to look and say like, oh, that's what I'm thinking. Why am I thinking that? Where did that thought come from? I don't want that. I didn't even think I was that way. And listen, I've been doing this work for more than a decade. Mm -hmm. And even, what was it? Was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday morning. I was doing a journal for the members of my faith activated journaling, just a little plug out there. Yeah. I was doing a, sometimes I will record videos of my journals for them just so they could see I'm in it. Mm -hmm. And as I was writing, I had this moment of like, oh, I didn't even know that thought was there. There are subconscious thoughts that are running 24 seven. You don't even hear them. You don't realize they're there, but they are affecting and impacting your actions and your inability to take action. So you have to acknowledge them. You have to bring them out of the darkness, kind of like when you, you know, shine a light on it and just say like, oh, I see you. And once you expose it, guess what? It goes away like the little cockroaches. I'm from New York City, right? <laughs> so what happened in New York City when you're when I would visit my dad? Yeah. Cockroaches would come out. You turn on the lights, those jokers are gone. They're out. <laughs> Unless you shed a light, those thoughts are going to persist and infest your mind. Yeah. And that's what's stopping you from taking action. It's so powerful. I'm so glad you went in that direction because journaling, writing it down, getting it out of your head. And I think I really, I'm so, such a firm believer in that because you can think all you want and you can almost get like crowded by your thought. I'm a big thinker myself. Mm -hmm. And so until I really get it down on paper and just Honestly, you know, no boundaries, no judgment, right? We all have the tendency almost to self-judge and say, yeah. oh my God, did I seriously write that down? Like, oh, wait, I don't know if I actually think that, right? But letting yourself get in a flow. And so uh, guys, you know, go creep on Rachel's page. She has journal prompts. She has all that sort of stuff. Like I just, you know, again, one of the other things I love about you. So journaling, it's amazing. And I, I so, I love that action point. So guys, cue go do it. <laughs> and I also think that and writing it down almost kind of takes us into the next thing I wanted to talk about a little bit of like, you're a firm believer in, in manifesting, right? And you said something, I was watching a video of yours the other day, and it, I think it was actually from a few years ago, but you said you have to be willing for it to go horribly wrong for it to go amazingly well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I said that at my that event. <laughs> yeah. I said that at my event, Confidence Activated, and it's a live event that we did. We had over 200 women and men join us from all over the world, and we were going to do it this year, and COVID hit, um, and it's interesting because that is one thing that I see stop so many people, is that they're afraid to get it wrong, and actually, this morning, on Instagram, I shared a prompt of like, what's stopping you from something like that? It was a what's stopping you type of a thing. Yeah, here, what's the one thing stopping me from getting to my next level? Yeah. And it was interesting because one of the responses that I got was fear 
and insecurity. Mm-hmm. And I got this message from the least suspecting woman. It's a woman who already has a seven figure earning business. So yeah. I say that because no matter where you are, whether you're just starting, you're on your way to six figures, you've hit six figures and you think life is going to dramatically change when you hit seven figures and there's not going to be fear or insecurity. It is there Mm -hmm. until you actually face it. And then even after you face it and overcome it, there might still be some residue. And I can talk about that in a little bit. But anyway, the whole point is recognizing that it's okay to mess it up. Like in the messy is where you're going to get the message, right? That's so cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. So I am never afraid of messing up. I think that as I've grown in my business, the thing that scares me more than messing up is having people watch me mess up. That's the real scary thing. It's like, if I fall in the middle of the street and nobody sees, no big deal. I get up. Did I really fall? Right. Did I really, did it happen? If nobody saw it, did it happen? Yeah. But if I bust my butt in the middle of the mall, well, it's a whole different feeling. But why? Why is it a whole different feeling? Because the story that we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if I'm deciding that I'm going to tell a different story, like, hey, if I fall in the middle of the mall, great. Everybody's going to get a laugh, myself included. So I just entertained, I just brought joy to people, I just elevated the mood, I just raised the frequency and the vibration. That's a much different story than if I fall in the middle, then they're all going to laugh at me and it's going to be so embarrassing and so humiliating. It's all based on what story are you going to tell about the mess up. And I, for one, my mistakes, my mess ups always get me the greatest traction. I get the most followers when I share the crappiest parts of my life. I mean, if you think about some of the people that have blown up over the years, it's whenever they've shown like the ugliest parts of themselves. Right. The real shit. And I think like what something you said in there of like, you know, no matter what level of success you're at, like fear is still there. And I think like the biggest thing for me, even in my journey to to seven figures and beyond has been, you know, constantly making it a habit of pursuing the uncomfy, the fear, you know, going where it's like, oh, like, should I, mm, should I do that? I feel a heart tech to do that, but I'm like, ah, I don't know, you know? And so getting in the habit of it because it's never gonna go away. And people that get in the habit of it now, it's what habit do you develop, right? Do you develop the habit of backing up from fear or do you develop the habit of leaning into fear, you know? And I think that's the determination right there. Yeah, but this is also a great opportunity to understand yourself. Mm -hmm. So for example, there are some things where I'm totally scared and the only way I'm gonna get it done is if my assistant comes over to my house and watches me. Yeah. I don't know why, but if I'm resisting doing something, the, I know I'm going to get a call from her and she's going to say, I'm coming over on this day so you can get this done. Mm-hmm. And if there's just something about me knowing that she's there, I don't want to waste her time. I'm perfectly okay wasting my time. Yeah. <laughs> but if you knew yourself, like what drives you to take action, even when you're scared? Well, put those routines in place. 
Yeah, no, I so agree with that. And you have to start in order to realize that about yourself. And, you know, I think you've, you have so realized that about yourself and that's, you know, inspiring for people to see, okay, I got to just start something, you know, stop letting fear paralyze you into sitting back and wondering, you know, what am I doing with my life? You know, why do I feel this heart tug constantly? Let's just, let's lean into it, you know? Yeah. Okay. Wrapping this up a little bit, where can people find you and what are you really excited about right now? I know you said you did talk about your second book. You talked about your course. Let's hear what Rachel's got going on. I wish we had more time so I could tell them how to manifest. Oh, okay. Wait, let's go back. Yeah, you're right. You're right. (laughs) I'm like, Um, wait, I didn't even teach you guys anything. Okay. I'll give you the the three steps. So what I'm really excited about Number one is my book, Permission to Offend. And I manifested my dream agent who is also, I'm not going to name drop, even though I really want to, but like she's the agent to many New York Times bestselling authors. And it's interesting because I used to read one author in particular, and I'd always go to the back of the book of the acknowledgments. And there was my agent's name in the back of the book. And I remember writing and journaling that like, you know, one day this woman was going to be my agent. Mm -hmm. Well, fast forward, I finally decided I'm ready to start pitching agents. I talked to a proposal writer who reads my proposal and tells me, this proposal is good, but mm, you're going to need six months and I'll help you rewrite it. It'll cost $20,000. I wouldn't even think about showing this to an agent until we fix it. This is what she says to me. Listen, what you're not going to do is try to tell me that this is not, that I have to wait six months. It already took me six months to write this. No way. We're moving. So I say that part of the story to remind you that you don't have to do it the way other people tell you to do it. It doesn't matter if they have all the experience. Like the woman that gave me this advice is brilliant. She knows her stuff. She's an excellent proposal writer. She has helped her clients get book deals of $50,000, $100,000. So there's no shade on her work. But just because that's her way doesn't mean that that's my way. I love that because, you know, I think so many people look up to certain people and think, okay, I'll have to do exactly what she did. I have to do exactly what he did. These are the steps, you know, how did you know and have enough confidence in yourself or, you know, have enough like inner knowing to be like, you know what, I'm going to go with what I think, you know, and not rely on on that. I didn't know, right? It wasn't like a, oh, hell no, I know what I'm, no, that wasn't the case. And I think that people are usually looking for that. They're looking for a hundred percent certainty. I don't need a hundred percent certainty. I need like 50, 50 to 60%. I love that. That's all I need. Like if I, if I I feel like eh, I could go either way, then I'm going to go in the way that is going to get me the result that I want the fastest or the way that I think that I can get it the fastest. I like shortcuts. I don't like the long way. I'm a quick starter. So the reason I knew-ish was I knew that I didn't want to pay (laughs) $20,000. I knew that I did not want to wait another six months. I knew that she was really good at what she did. I knew that she could deliver, but I knew that I didn't want what she was delivering on those terms. I wanted it on my terms. So you have, again, you have to figure out who are you and what do you want? So 
here I go with my little, my proposal for my manuscript. And I go into my resources. This is very important. If you want to manifest, you have to be resourceful, resourceful. You have so much already available to you and you are connected to so many more people than you know, but you're probably stuck at this level because you're not willing to phone in favors because you're not willing to get rejected because you're so afraid that if you ask and people say no, that they're going to think all these bad things about you and then your chances are going to be shot. No BS. If someone can't do it, they can't do it. So what next? Oh, say it again. Say that. Yeah. Go into this Facebook group that I'm a part of. It's a very, very small Facebook group of Honestly, sometimes I'm like, how did they let me in? Because I'm surely not at their quote unquote level, but I do know that I'm freaking bomb at my level and at what I do. So I'm always adding value wherever I go. So anyway, I go into this group and I'm like, you guys, who can send me their book proposal? Who here has had a six figure deal that is willing to send me their book proposal? Because I wrote my, and I told them the whole story. Lo and behold, a girlfriend of mine pops up and she's like, hey, text me. So we start talking. My agent represents her as well. And she says to me, why don't I just introduce you? I was like, why don't you? (laughs) Like, hell yeah, why don't you? And I was like, are you sure I'm ready? She was like, look, I can't promise you anything. And it was interesting because just the week before that, someone else, a really good friend of mine, and I were talking about this agent and my friend was like, oh yeah, she doesn't even take clients anymore. So when my friend was like, I'll just introduce you, I was thinking like, but she doesn't even take clients anymore. And so my girlfriend was like, yeah, it was like a total thing. So my girlfriend is like, well, I can't promise you anything, but she's real straightforward. And if she doesn't want to work with you, she won't. And if she does want to work with you, she'll like break her back for you. I was like, great. Long story short, the introduction is made. Mm -hmm. I am back in my journal because this whole entire time I am journaling my life as I desire to be as if it's already happened. And so I have a class. It's a free class and I can give you the link for it if you want. Yeah, yeah, we'll put it in the show notes for sure. Okay, so we'll give you the link to that. It's a free class. It's like 45 minutes and I go in depth to the method, but it's write, shift, script. So you write whatever comes to mind. Mm -hmm. You shift into a state of gratitude and excitement and feeling the feelings of already having the things. And then you script what you desire as if it's already happened. So there I am writing, shifting, scripting. And in my journal, I write, you know, so-and-so loves my proposal. She signs me on, you know, publishers are fighting for my manuscript. We go into a bidding war. Like I'm just speaking it into existence in my journal. The agent writes me back. She's like, I love your proposal. You're with me you know, let's get on the phone. We get on the phone. She's like, you're a brilliant writer. I'm like, what? I mean, I know I'm a good writer, but you know, it's just one one of those moments, right? So this is an important part of the story, right? Because sometimes we manifest something and then in our own fear, it starts to feel as though the manifestation is being taken away. I don't know if you've ever had that happen where you wanted something, you get it. And then all of a sudden it looks like the thing you wanted, you're about to lose. Yep. 
So we start talking about the contract and all the things. And I have questions because I've never done this before. Long story short, there was a delay. And so time went by and I was like, oh my goodness, she's going to drop me as a client. I started thinking all these crazy thoughts. Mm-hmm. I go right back into my journal. I acknowledge what I'm feeling. I'm nervous. I'm scared. I really want to work with her, but I don't just want to blindly sign a contract out of desperation. So I'm not going to sign it. I'm going to wait till I fully understand what I'm signing and she's going to write me back right away. And this deal is going to get done. And my agent was signed before August 1st, right? Because that was my goal. I have been writing that every day. Sign with an agent before August 1st. Sign with an agent before August 1st. Lo and behold, sister friend, we, oh no, not August 1st, September 1st. Sorry, September 1st. My book proposal was supposed to be due by August 1st, which it was. Okay, so lo and behold, I write this. Not even an hour later, we get on the phone. She's like, oh, I had computer issues. I'm sending over the contract right now. Everything looks great. La, 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 la. So the agent was signed. I finished my book proposal just when I wrote down and said I would. The agent was signed just like I said. The house that I live in, I journaled about this house exactly with the specifications that we have with the two fireplaces and the pool and, you know, an extra bathroom that leads out to the pool so people don't track water in my house. Like everything that I've written to include my husband and our two children have come to life because I have a strong journal practice because I'm a woman of faith. I back up my faith with actions. I'm willing to acknowledge the fear I'm willing to totally mess it up and I'm willing to look stupid and dumb and whatever other derogative word we tell ourselves. And I'm willing to be wrong. Mm -hmm. I think people are not willing to be wrong enough. 100%. Yeah. It's scary. Like you, like it's, it's scary to be wrong. It's scary to be, to be faced with something maybe you thought you wanted and feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, that's, you get to it and you're wrong about it. I, that whole story, I love it. I love it because I am such a firm believer in manifesting and writing it out and speaking it as if it already is. Short story, I don't think I've told this on the podcast before, but short story that made me think about it is the biggest thing in my life that I've manifested. I was pursuing medical retirement with the Air Force. And it's it's so crazy because you exactly hit it nail on the head, right? Like the process starts, like I'm manifesting, I'm writing it, power poses, positive affirmations, speaking it into my mirror, speaking life over it, talking about it in my journal as if it already happened, right? And then the process started for me. And I literally, I wrote in my journal, this was last Christmas. And I wrote December 21st, my last day in the Air Force. I'm officially medically retired. And I wrote that in my, in my journal. Okay. I told everybody, right. I'm like, this is, ha- this is my last day. Like guys, I know they're like, Oh, are you started? Is that, I thought that was a long process. I'm like, no, that's the day I decided. So everyone's like, okay, you crazy person. That's never, that's probably not going to happen, but <laughs> we start the process. And the first answer I hear is it's going to be six to eight months. Literally what you just said of like, it's being taken away from you or what you're manifesting. You're like, I'm moving toward it. I'm moving toward it. It's possible. And then like, there's this like doubt feeling. And again, mm-hmm. like one of those moments where I was like, 
okay, I got to change my date. Maybe I, maybe I don't even, maybe that's not going to happen anymore. And I, it's like this like cycle of like negativity and fear. And, and it's hard to replace those thoughts with, with positive thoughts and powerful thoughts and manifesting thoughts and all that. And so that was an active decision I had to make to be like, no, no, I'm sticking to this. And right after that, it was like a week later, I hear that, Hey, this is happening in under 30 days. So literally my last day was December 21st, which was the Friday before Christmas. Yes. And it's so, anyway, just like super crazy. So guys, like if you're listening and you're kind of like this whole manifesting thing, I don't know. I don't know if it works. I don't know what y'all are drinking because I've tried it, you know, and maybe you're, maybe you'll get to that point where you it's like the hump you have to get over in it, you know? And I think a lot of people get stuck there, right? And, yeah. and then the self-doubt and, and all that happens. Yeah. Take the class. It's totally free. Take my class. I'll show you the ways. And then you'll be able to do it. And then it'll be done. Love it. Ah! Okay. That was, okay. I'm glad you're right. We needed to, to talk through that, to suss all that out. Okay. I absolutely love that. Is there anything else you think that people need to hear right now? think journal 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 that's all you need to do it's it's the first step it's the easiest yeah although sometimes it is hard to get in the journal but no listen i think at the end of the day allow yourself to be wrong and trust that even if you get it wrong you can make a u-turn you can go another way you can decide differently yeah i always say like what's meant for you is waiting for you, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, waiting for you to be that person. So yeah. connect with your identity, become the, embody the persona, the characteristics, the identity of the person you need to be in order to have what you want. Mm. Yes. <laughs> okay, Rachel, where can people tap into you and where yes. can people get more of you? Yes. Well, come and hang out with me on Instagram. I'm at Girl Confident. You can get on my email list by going to rachelluna.biz forward slash lunatic because we are lunatics and we're crazy enough to believe we can actually have the things that we say that we want. And yeah, those are the two best places. Connect with me there and I'll point you to all the other great free things I have for you. Take the class, rachelluna.biz forward slash replay. And yeah. we'll um, put, put that in the show notes, guys. So just scroll down, check it out. The last thing I always ask everybody, the last two things. The first one is, what is your, this doesn't have to be related to what we talked about or it can okay. be, that's just what you got on your mind. A hard no and a hell yes. So a hard no, just anything in life that you're like, hard no, don't do this, skip this. Um, and then a hell yes, do this right now today, you know? And it can be, it can be funny, it can be serious, whatever you want. Listen, the first hard no thought that came to me is so vulgar, but <laughs> honey, we're not going up the butt. That's yeah. a hard no. It's not. I already do coffee enemas. The reach there, nothing else can go up my butt. That's it. Hard no. I support you. Sorry to. <laughs> cool if you like it. <laughs> cool if you like it. Respect. That is freaking so funny. That is the best one I've ever gotten. <laughs> I have to say. What is your hell yes? Oh, worship. Worship time with God. 
it's not a hell yes. It's a heaven. Yes. Um, so heaven. Yes. Worship time, praise and worship music and laughter. Sign me up for that any time of day. Me too. Love that. And then the very, very last thing, Mm -hmm. share with us your most embarrassing memory or moment or story and awkward, awkward story. People listening. I love to just be like, yo, we're human too. And (laughs) we're awkward people. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't feel very embarrassed by pretty much anything that's happened to me in adulthood because I'm, I'm over that part. But there is one story that I'm growing up, my sister would like threaten to tell my boyfriends and that it was always like, oh my God, please, no. So of course it has to do with butts. I was six years old and my mom that raised me, I call her my mom. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, so my mom takes my sister and I to Disney here in Orlando. And we stay at this hotel called the Dolville Hotel. I'll never forget. And we go down for breakfast and I'm eating eggs. Everything's good. And my mom says, wait 30 minutes before you get in the water. Otherwise you're going to get a cramp. And she goes to the beach and I stay on the poolside with my sister. And I look at my sister and I say, I'm going in the water now. Now my sister's 16. So she's like, whatever, go in the water. So I go in the water, I'm swimming, and all of a sudden, I feel like I got to fart. So what do you do? You fart, right? You're a kid. Nope. It wasn't a fart. It was not a fart. And all of a sudden, the water around me turns like a shade of brown. And I panic. So I get out of the pool because I know, like, this ain't right. I get out of the pool, and I'm like, Rosalind, Rosalind, Ros. I thought I had to fart and I ended up having to poop and I pooped in the pool. (laughs) Oh my head. The funniest thing was that there was like a poop was still stuck on the side of my bathing suit. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm sure all mamas listening to this right now are like, yeah, yeah, girl. They take me to the showers and they like open up my bathing suit and all these little poop balls are like falling out. And so then I remember like my mom was very strict. So I'm looking at my sister, like, please don't tell mommy, please don't tell mommy, please don't. You know, she's going to be so mad at me. She told me not to get in the water. And so for literally the next decade of my life, my sister was always like, I'm going to tell mom, I'm going to tell mom about the Doville. And then when I didn't care if my mom knew then it was, I'm going to tell your boyfriend. I'm going to tell Carlos. You are up to go. And anytime he would come around, she'd be like, Rachel, Doville. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Oh, yes. my gosh. And now my kids know the story. And whenever they just want to be funny, they'll be like, Mom, remember the Doville? Yeah, little punk. I remember the Doville. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's that. My goodness, I love it, Rachel. I'm so grateful for your time, grateful for your wisdom, and just being you and being who you are, and sharing that with us today. So, guys, if you don't follow her, go follow her. Go hit her up in the DMs. Let her know that you love this episode. Tag us on Instagram. Share it with a friend. <laughs> Sharing is caring. Thank you, Annie. Yeah. All right. Bye everyone. We will talk to you later. 
that is all for today, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Hey, I'd be so grateful if you took one second to send this podcast to one person you know would love it. And also don't forget, leave a five-star review because honestly, go big or freaking go home, Becky, okay? (laughs) Don't forget to subscribe if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or a follow if you're listening through Spotify. Also, go ahead and check this out at letsgetuncomfy.podcast and myself at Annie underscore fit life fit me on Instagram. Tag us in your stories. Let me know how you're getting uncomfy and what you loved about today's episodes. Now, go do it. Go get uncomfy. Pursue what others consider unlikely. I double dog area. <laughs>